everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Hosted by hashtag basketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entire internet. The best part, it's free. So check them out, hashtag basketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me once again to do an analysis on the Cleveland Cavaliers is my good friend and co-host Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? I think this might be the third time we've done the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is the 10th time we've done the Cleveland Cavaliers, the 100th, the 110th. There are a few lost episodes of the podcast uh, out there um, that have just gone into the ether. Nobody knows where they are. Maybe I deleted them. Maybe I sent them to... um, God knows to the, the the FBI for analysis, um, but these calves <laughs> shows we've, that we've already done have gone right into the recycling bin because they are completely irrelevant after the Donovan Mitchell trade. Yeah, um, it was surprising for sure. I mean, we talked about teams that we thought could pull it off, and I did not really think Cleveland was one of them. Um, we can talk about no. the return they got. We can, or the the you know the return they got was obviously Donovan Mitchell, who is fantastic. We can talk about what they gave up, which was a lot and not a lot all at the same time. Maybe um, it was a strange trade. It's a, a lot weird of... trade. Yeah, I agree. But it's it's Ainge basically as you we were talking about before the show, punting for like three to five years. Yeah. Right. And. I mean, I, but then you sign Colin Sexton to this, you know, four-year, $72 million deal, which, okay, like, what is Colin Sexton? I don't know. I is he playing 3D chess here where jazz. Like, I'm going to lose games with Colin Sexton? Great. Yeah, I'm going to let Colin Sexton score 25 a game so we can lose every game, maybe. I mean. And, I, like, you... Uh, I don't think we can do Utah, and I think we're going to even wait on Utah because you, you made a great point as well before the show. Why would they stop here? Why not ship Connolly, Bogdanovich? Shit, why don't why don't we get rid of Jared Vanderbilt? Even like who? Why would anyone on this team be safe at this point? Just just move them all out. Right. Um, so they're trying to do what the Thunder started doing. What? Whatever that last year, Chris Paul played for them. Right. Right after that, yeah. like four, four years ago now, three years ago. Um. Is, is not real, I think, sometimes. Um, it's not. This will be the third year, right, of the Thunder doing it, right? Then 2020, they had Chris Paul and made the playoffs, and then they shipped off everything they had um, and basically have done the same thing. And, and but at least the they Jazz were building are around something. What are the Jazz building around? Well, I mean, future draft pick X. I mean, they're going to do... They're on pace to do the same thing Oklahoma City did. And you and I, I don't know that we've done it on the podcast, but you know I have privately talked about how this Oklahoma City method seems good in theory. But, like, at the point that Oklahoma City's at now, they can't even hold another first-round pick on their roster. So they have to give up on a young player next year get another one. And you can say, oh, well, that's okay, you know. But at the same time, like, how do you know what you have when you can only, you know, you keep de- picking these 19-year-olds and then you have to get rid of them by the time they're 21 or 22? Yeah, just one or two years out. And maybe you'd make the argument, like, if you ain't got it after one or two years, you ain't the superstar. 
that we're looking for. Like, look at Ant-Man, look at John Moran. But... Look at Jimmy Butler. It's still... Exactly. But still taking these guys time to build, right? And, like, Jimmy Butler took a little time to build. So Some of the guys who are absolute supers, Kawhi, took a little time to build, right? After year two, people weren't like, Kawhi's an absolute fucking superstar of the future, right? Well, and here's, what's here's going the, on. They want a KD. They want a LeBron. Here's the thing about the, the Jimmy Butler part of it, too, is, like, you know, Jimmy Butler came in as a 22-year-old and was not in the rotation as a rookie. Now, you can say that was Tibbs or whatever, but... Even his second year, he was in the rotation and far from a superstar. He averaged eight point six points a game in twenty six minutes. He, he was absolutely raw. Like he legitimately did not look like somebody who should be in the rotation. Because I remember these years. But he just kept getting better, better, better with the reps and everything. And it took him years to break into the starting lineup. Now he's, you know, you could I'd consider him a top fifteen player in the league. Easy. That's what I mean. And so if you have to give up on this person though when he's 22 have you decided yet that he is you know x player like look at all the players across the league that have just kept getting better and better and better and better and better and better until they're you know 25 and they're a top 20 player well speaking of jimmy butler it turns out um the cleveland cavaliers have won the jimmy butler trade uh they traded larry marketing out of cleveland for donovan mitchell along with a bunch of draft picks and you know we can debate the effectiveness of Ainge's strategy and all that other shit. This is Fancy Basketball Podcast, Tyler. Let's let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers and the now what they look like with with Donovan Mitchell as pretty much their main scorer and someone who's going to be the number one usage guy on a team um, that we talked about in our Lost episode that nobody's heard, um, where we were pretty excited about a handful of these Cleveland players but we do think the temperature of the room is a little high on Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. We really love Evan Mobley. But now this is a whole new this is a whole new team, a team that should easily make the playoffs. By the way, in the East, I think. Is this a, is it going to be a tough conference to get in the playoffs? But yeah, I mean, I think you know, this, these guys have four potential superstars, right? Like four potential All Star level players. Um. I'm not sure there's any other team in the East that could say that, right? Like, Jared Allen and Darius Garland were just All-Stars. Evan Mobley is eventually going to be an All-Star, and Donovan Mitchell is a three-time All-Star. Alex Caruso should be an All-Star, and then the Bulls would be in that category. Um, The other thing to say about Cleveland is, like, you know, they're going to have to be better than one of the following teams to make the playoffs. You ready for this? Let's hear it. Hawks, Nets... Bulls, Raptors, Sixers, Bucks, Celtics, Heat. They're all good teams. I mean, so one of those teams is not making the playoffs. And so, you know, Brooklyn, who knows what they're going to be like, right? Chicago take the step back. Is it Miami somehow, right? Is Atlanta not as good as we think they're going to be with DeJounte Murray? There's a lot of depth in that Eastern Conference. And so it's not going to be easy to make the playoffs. No, not at all, but I do think this addition, right, the thing that kind of the Cavs were missing is this kind of, first off, the glut with Laurie Market and shipping out uh, opens up Evan Mobley to, I mean, he was already playing 35 minutes a game. Evan Mobley, I think, legitimately will be an all-star in the next few years, possibly a perennial all-NBA player. I, I think the world of Evan Mobley, I think he's just absolutely special 
um, one of those once a generation guys. Like that's how that's what his ceiling is. I love Evan Mobley. Fantasy wise, though, <clears throat> let's. Um, I guess we can talk about Evan Mobley since we're talking about him. He's got some holes. He doesn't get over a steal a game. He uh, doesn't hit over half a three a game, and his free throw percentage is bad. With those holes in his games, without being a three-pointer and having a good free throw, he really does limit himself into potentially, even if he takes a step ahead in scoring, maybe the steals get over one, you know, he doesn't have, like, the the kind of the assists and the intangibles other than, right, the blocks um, that would propel him into a top-tier player. Well, and we'll see about this yeah. jumper. There's There's been some talk about his jumper being significantly improved this summer. So we'll see about that. Yeah, eventually, Giannis eventually figured it out to a point where he's a little bit dangerous. And really with Evan Mobley's skills, that might be, you know, where his trajectory could be um, in his shot is that he could be competent and you know, you have to kind of step up on him. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to own Evan Mobley in any leagues. And that's disappointing to me because I'm a big Evan Mobley fan myself. But like, he is a very hot name, I think, and people, you know, they look at what he did as a rookie and they go like, yeah, this guy is going to be a superstar. But is he going to be a superstar this year? Like, you got Garland there. Now you got Donovan Mitchell, who took, yep. guess how many field goal attempts last season, Michael? Or 20 a game. Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell, 20 a game, right? Kind of a lot. So talk about the guys that they shipped out right so they shipped out Colin Sexton who really didn't play at all last year yeah right they've shipped out their 2022 first round pick who obviously wasn't on the team last year and they shipped out Laurie Markin who took 11 and a half shots a game not a ton and, and I like I liked Laurie Markin um on the Cavs as a late round flyer as someone who's like you know does nice things from a fantasy perspective now that he's on Utah I like him even more and that's that's facts, but I like is Mitchell not taking twenty shots a game? I don't. I mean, like I don't think he should, because this team is yeah. really like Darius Garland is really really good, um, and Evan Mobley's shots should one hundred percent go up compared to last year. But what will actually happen? Well, Donovan Mitchell, right, a guy who's uh, spent his time in Utah legitimately shooting the lights out and running the team. How does he adjust immediately to this to, to this new team? Usually players take a while to start playing a different style of basketball, which would mean at the beginning of the season, Donovan Mitchell probably going to be taking about 20 shots a game until he figures out how to play with his teammates. Yeah, and so... For Mobley, right, when we when we shift back to Mobley, like, I don't really see this larger offensive role coming this year when we talk about, you know, Donovan Mitchell's going to be in there taking significantly more shots than Laurie Markkinen, even if it's not 20 a game. Right? Yes, 100%. And so I think, you know, should Mobley get more? Probably, because he's young and he's good and he's getting better. But if there's no more scoring... Is he blocking more shots? I, I tend to think not. I mean, he played thirty, almost thirty-four minutes a game last year. So yeah, those feel solid. Those feel like a right, like the blocks feel right around the same space. Maybe uh, the rebounds go up a little bit with Lowry Marketing. Um, you know, not playing that the, that weird three 
big lineup that they were playing for quite a while last year. I think that's where you look at it, too. And the assists might even go down, as crazy as that sounds, right? Because you mentioned how good of a ball handler Garland is, and now they've got Mitchell, who's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. So, Absolutely. You know, maybe a little bit more rebounds, maybe a, a, a tick up in the steals over one, but, like, finished 68th last year in per-game value. Like, I don't really see him jumping up much higher than that, and I, I'm almost positive he's going to be a top-50 pick in every league. Yeah, the temperature in the room is hot for Evan Mobley, and I think with those two glaring holes of the free throw and the three-pointers now, if you want to be a dickhead about it and go, I'm going to punt those uh, categories, then uh, last year, if you punt those categories, he was 24th overall, so maybe a pick around 50 does meet your criteria, depending on how you start your draft, if you want to match him with uh Giannis sure feel free I guess uh you're gonna lose free free throws and we don't really support the punt from the beginning um mentality here on watching the boxes when you're drafting but if you want to get behind punting go right ahead he's a little bit more valuable to you but he is not going outside the top 50 100 and I don't see like the leap that he needs to be in the top 50 like you said he was 68th overall in eight category leagues uh, per game last season I don't know if he bunches breaks the top 50 this season unless he suddenly becomes an absolute superstar. And I think on a team with a new actual all-star coming into the, the fold here, I don't know if that opportunity is going to be there unless he really is just, this is it. Like, he's going to be the best player on the court every night. Yeah, and I just don't see that happening with Mitchell there. No, not at all. And if there's a downtick in assists... And you still have those two holes. That's three holes, right? Um, so I'm not going to own a lot of Evan Mobley either because I'm not taking him in the top 50. He's a young name. People love him. I also love him from a basketball uh, standpoint, but a fantasy standpoint, uh, not so much. And I think the temperature in the room on this team is hot. certainly going to be hotter now that they're in the spotlight of having this Donovan Mitchell trade. Is Donovan Mitchell the first person to come off the board for Cleveland? He should be, I think. Just because I don't, I don't really see Donovan Mitchell being like Donovan Mitchell is going to be Donovan Mitchell, and if yeah. somebody's gonna adjust to that, it's gonna be Garland. I think. Like I think Garland's gonna have the ball in his hands less, and so for me, like Mitchell finished twenty uh, second last year. I have Mitchell in my top twenty. As do I, and I. I think we have to maybe state, and I don't know what's going to happen here, but Garland, one, is much more competent than Mike Connolly, two, takes a lot more shots than Mike Connolly, uh, gets a lot more assists than Mike Connolly, and plays a lot more, I think Mike already said, plays a lot more minutes than Mike Connolly. Um, so there could be a eventuality of Mitchell and Garland sharing the baby a little bit if donovan mitchell's points go down a little and his assists go down a little to defer point guard role and duties to darius garland i could see that because darius garland is all-star level like he is incredibly incredibly good but that does hurt the ceiling of darius garland as well i like i agree with you mitchell's gonna be mitchell darius on the other hand what does that do to him I think it puts him a little bit more in the probably six and a half, 
six, maybe, maybe even seven assists range. I think it drops down his points probably somewhere below 20, like 19 and a half-ish. That's a, that goes from a second-round player to a third-round player, and people are very hot on Garland. He's young. He's good. We um, like Garland I a lot. This is rookie I had, I had Garland ranked 21st, and I dropped him into my third round. Just because I, I feel like, you know, Mitchell is the alpha. They traded for him for a reason. Garland is the point guard in this scenario. Mitchell is the shooting guard, and I think that Garland is going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to get the, you know, if Mitchell plays 35 minutes, the other 13 minutes he's going to be the star on the court, I think. But for the rest of the time that he plays, he's going to be kind of second fiddle in the scoring to Donovan Mitchell. Yep. Um, I. It's hard to disagree with that. Uh, I guess analysis. Let me look at. Let me let's do a little. Let's do a little. Little. Who would I draft? The Tyler. Who. Who would I. Who would I rather have? Tyler edition. Darius Garland or Chris Middleton. Oh, you have to always hit me right where it hurts. Right at the start, <laughs> don't you? Not similar um, players, so a little unfair. Um, I think I'd rather have Middleton. I'd consider Middleton at the end of my second round, whereas I think Garland's kind of firmly in my third round at this point. I think, you know, like a Mike-only draft, I would agree with you, but it, I'm not, obviously you're not, no one's in a Mike-only draft, so, uh, other than me. And you're going to get Chris Middleton later than you're going to get Darius Garland. I think you could take Darius Garland at the beginning of the third, or at the, you know, midpoint of the third, if he drops that far, or at the end of the second, and then come back with Chris Middleton in the almost the fourth. Yeah, and and that's obviously what you'd want to try to do. But I mean, I don't know. I just feel like Middleton is going to be a little bit better, a little bit safer, probably. Um, we'll see how this Cavaliers team looks. You know, they got a lot of new pieces to fit in now. Or well, they got really one new piece to fit in, but not going to be easy to do that when that player is used to being the the leading scorer on the team. Yeah, Darius Garland or Shea Gillers Alexander. You know, Garland is not the the healthiest guy historically either. Yep. So if if your thing is, um, you know, I'm going for Garland because he's healthier. That that's probably not <laughs> not the the best right. strategy. Um, man, that's tough. That's a tough one for me. Uh, I kind of want to go SGA there. Okay. Yeah, I, I think. And I think. Yeah. I think when that's we talked big, that's about that's a big move for Garland for you. And I think, I think when we talked about that you know, in the in the Thunder podcast, that was before Chet Holmgren got hurt, right? And now Chet Holmgren not being there and being someone to feature, I think they just put more on SGA whenever he plays, right? Like, there's no reason that SGA shouldn't score, you know, 25 every night. And I easily had, before this Mitchell trade, Darius Garland, I had him definitely above Shea Gillis Alexander. I would say that's where I have Garland now. Like right around that Shea Gil- uh, Shea Gil- Gilgis Alexander. That's a, that is a tough name to say. Um, I have him kind of them a bit equal at this point. At this point, yeah, I, I'm I'm right there. there with you. Like that's a tough. It's a tough call, and it could kind of depend on what you think you need and your first two players, right, or who you have and how risky you're feeling about them and mm-hmm. and all that too. Our last one, Van Fleet or Garland. 
Oh, that's not even a question for me. I have Van Fleet. I have Van Fleet higher than Donovan Mitchell. 100%. Yeah. I just wanted to see where you're at with that. And I think a lot of, maybe, I don't know, maybe some listeners are, oh, wow, Van Fleet. We're both very big on Van Fleet. He's just that good across the board. Even with his terrible uh, field goal percentage, he is absolutely fantastic. Fantasy player. Let's finish off these, these calves. Finish them off. I've got to use a better phrase than that. Um, Jared Allen had himself a really nice year last year, kind of his breakout year. The temperature in the room, definitely hot on Jared Allen. Let's look. Let's go to the stats from last from last season on Jared Allen. 42nd overall in 8-cat per average. Great field goal percentage. Not um, detrimental free throw percentage. Over 70%, just barely on uh, four free throws a game. That's very manageable for a center. Obviously, zero three-pointers. 16 points, almost 11 rebounds. One and a half assists. Blah, less than a steal a game. And only 1.3 blocks, unlike Mobley's 1.7 blocks. I think a lot of people are on Jared Allen. They think he's going to keep growing, keep getting better. He played almost 33 minutes last season. How does he get better? He doesn't. In, in short. I don't know that he's worse, though. I think he is. That's fair. He's still pretty young. Right, like, and we can see, we can see the scoring dip a little bit as Mitchell kind of takes a, a few more shots away, maybe. Um, but again, like he's gonna get the rebounds, he's gonna block some shots, and the rest is gonna be the rest, right? Like not great. And so, yeah, the question is, can he get sixteen points again? Are you in the more like thirteen range that he was? You know, in that first year with Cleveland, I think he might kind of drop to that level. And if he drops to that level, he's probably outside the top 50, right? Uh, yeah, it's pretty close, I would say. I like I like the idea that maybe he can improve a little bit in his free throws. Maybe the rebounds go up a little bit. Um, but other than that, right, I don't think the blocks are going up. Even if he gets a steal a game, that's nice. The assists are detrimental. The three-pointers are detrimental. So the growth here... It's like, best case scenario, he's doing something incredibly similar to what he did last year. Maybe an extra rebound. And luckily, the points stay the same. Because he's a little bit of a pick-and-roll and garbage point-getter. He's, they're not, like, running plays for Jared Allen. So I don't, I don't think the points will drop too awful much. Uh, especially with uh, adding Mitchell as a little bit of a playmaker uh, on pick-and-rolls. I think it will help Jared Allen a little bit. I mean, what's his what's his ceiling? Is forty second overall last season? Is his ceiling, you know, thirty five, somewhere? In yeah, the probably. Range, I've, which is what a fourth round player. Yeah, I will say this: I had him like forty third round. I had him forty to fifty before this trade, and I think now I want him like right around fifty. Like he's kind of my fiftieth ranked player. Like, I don't really okay. see a ton of upside, and I don't really see a ton of downside. It's just like. He's kind of right around the top 50, and that's it. And, like, I'm not super excited to pick him. Unless, obviously, like, he's going in the 60s or 70s, which I don't think he will be. No, he won't. Um, but, again, like, I just think it's good value. You know what you're going to get. He's safe. Like you said, like, he can't really score that much less because there's not really any plays being called for him. He's putting in putbacks and, you know, getting a lob when he's wide open and those kind of plays. Pretty much. And if anything, maybe Mitchell running pick and rolls will help him a little. That's why I'm keeping him in my top 50. Um, but that 40 to 50 range seems like the right place to get him at a good value. And I, I really don't think you're going to see him go 
past 40. I think he's going to be drafted pretty early. Like I said, especially with Mitchell on the team now, the spotlight's on Cleveland. Usually these kind of small market teams don't have a big spotlight on them. With Mobley and Garland and now Mitchell, everybody's going to be looking at Jared Allen. Um, but I think there's one guy on this team that no one's going to be uh, too excited about. And in limited minutes, he's still a standard league player. Kevin Love, last season, in 22 and a half minutes per game, 123rd overall. Yeah, kind of a weird stat line too, right? Like you get some good threes and some good rebounds, which is not a a normal duo you can connect. So he might actually be a great like kind of last or second to last pick for you. If you're a team that weirdly needs a boost in rebounds and threes. Yeah. Um you might. <laughs> yeah, right? Like just the way your build fell and all that. So like um, I don't hate Kevin Love. I don't think he's going to really be any worse or better than he was last year. Like I think he probably finishes right in that like 115 to 130 range. Um, and he does some Kevin Love stuff, right? There's no steals. There's no blocks. Assists are, you know, like two. And he gets you good rebounds and good threes and some decent points. He's fine. He's a guy. Uh, in a deep guy, league, I think that, a nice that I, 120 to 130 pick. The guy who went from potentially draftable because you needed points to now I don't really want at all is Karis LeVert. Yeah. He and I still think Karis LeVert's going to play decent minutes. It's just like, well, like he's what, the now fifth option on this team? He's not going to need to play uh, in rotation where it's like, hey, we need a point score out there. It's like, nope, he's going to either play with Mitchell or Garland and he's just going to probably play less minutes in general. And he'll be a nice scoring off the bench and get some plays in there. And I think his usage goes way down. His minutes go way down from what I expected. And I think he takes the biggest hit here. And he's got to he's got to have to eventually once he's once this guy's healthy share minutes with Ricky Rubio. Yeah, right. And we he, we talked about it, right? Like he's 134th last year, basically on points and assists. And now the points and assists are not going to be there at the same rate. So. Um, if somebody's out, that's maybe a guy you want to stream in. Right? If Mitchell has to miss a game, if Garland has to miss a game, um, pay attention. Like put him on your watch list maybe at the beginning of the season, especially if you own Mitchell or Garland. But I'm not super excited about his fantasy prospects until you know he's getting a larger role. Absolutely, I think um, both Lover and Rubio will might be might be nice streamers here and there, especially if somebody's out. Um, Rubio still, you know, unfortunately, Ricky Rubio has never played in a real city um, in America, and that's uh, it's just unfortunate. It's really sad. I hope that at some point Ricky Rubio is allowed to live and play in an actual American city, um, and so he can have you know culture and public transport and good food. I'd be just, I, I would really, I really wish that for Ricky Rubio. You had to get that joke in again, didn't you? We had to delete the last episode, so I had to do the joke again. Yes. It's a good joke, and I'm right. Um, that's it for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I did not mention that the Cleveland's River's on fire during this episode, so you're welcome, all you Cavs fans out there. Oh, did I, did I do it again, Tyler? Yeah, you did it again, Mike. You did it uh, again. I'm good. I'm shitting on all these cities, and I don't mind. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Uh, I don't like the fact that the Cavs are better uh, now in a kind of, you know, like you said, a contentious uh, and talented East. Uh, but 
I do like this oh. team, even though I can't like Closing the question, the and then, like the then we'll get it out of here. Closing question. More wins. Cavs or Bulls? Uh, I have to... Come on. You're not allowed to ask that question. Both teams are healthy. 100% healthy. Yes or no? Uh, well, we could talk about that Lonzo... Uh, I don't like what I heard about Lonzo. Because of the Lonzo suspect... Lonzo is like the key to the Bulls. Without Lonzo, it's the Cavs will have more wins, sadly. Uh, Lonzo healthy day one, and, and he stays healthy all season. Uh, give me the Bulls. Uh, Fuck the I'm world. Going, I'm going with Cleveland either way. Doesn't matter. Fuck off. That's it for the Cavs. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes if you like the show. Please support us. Patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Support the show. Like, it's two bucks a month. It's really not that much money. If you're getting some value out of this, we uh, truly appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening anyway. But if you want to give back a little bit, $2 a month, that's it. Patreon.com slash watching the boxes or twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. We're going to be doing some more stuff as the season approaches. And the season is approaching very quickly. So let's get through these teams. See you next time with whoever the hell we pick. Take it easy. Stay safe. Thank you.